All right, so Jerry, how's it going? It's good, although I'm getting ready for school to start. It's a different kind of start, isn't it? It's a very different start, very, very different start, that's for sure. Um, and, well, it's been, it's been a different year and a different summer altogether, but um, I think that's why we brought together a couple experts today at um, building community, because even though our curriculum and the means of delivering it might be a little bit different this fall. Yeah, and, and, and building community is something we have to do all the time, and we love to do that. I think that's part, I was saying earlier, a part of our DNA, I think, as band directors is bringing community into our work. So, um, so on, on the show today, we have a, a couple band directors who did work in District 196, which is um, Rosemount, Apple Valley, Egan, and uh, the Rosemount program specifically, Rosemount Middle School, Rosemount High School. Um, you know, people in the band community here in Minnesota probably know that um, in terms of just like sheer numbers, it's probably... Uh, one of the largest band programs, if not the largest band program in Minnesota. And, you know, we were talking a while back and we're like, you know, how, how do you do that? I mean, obviously it's a big school, big school district, but you still have to be good at what you do and build community. Um, and I thought that it would be really, really great to um, bring on John from the middle school and Leon from the high school to talk a little bit um, more about that. And you've known these guys for quite a while, haven't you, Jerry? Well, not only have I known them, but I lived in Rosemount for a long time and yeah. you know you can't go to the grocery store or a coffee shop without a conversation of around the band comes up everywhere you go in that community so it goes way beyond parents of students it's deeply embedded into the community hi band and minnesota listeners welcome to the podcast that works to address the hottest topics on the minds of minnesota band directors my name is jerry lucart and i'm brad mariska and we will be joined by colleagues and friends from around minnesota Today, we're joined by a couple of colleagues from the Rosemount uh, Band Graham, uh, Leon and John, welcome. Thank you very much, appreciate Thank you. the invite. Thank you. Well, it's great, it's great to have you. Maybe we can kick this off by each of you giving us maybe a specific example of how you've built community in Rosemont in your own respective program. John, do you wanna start? Being a teacher in the middle school, um, I've always thought it important to, when I was in a program at St. Francis of having all the grade levels, I know how important it is to be communicating with every grade level as a teacher in any building. You have to get yourself known, you have to let them know what's there, you have to let parents know what's there. So the way that we approach it at Rosemont Middle School is not only do we uh, excite the kids with the program that we offer at the middle school with lessons and uh, outside bands and just giving them more than just music, giving them something to feel good about during their day and how they can take it and share that with everybody else in the community and with their parents. So we get out into the buildings. We get over to every elementary school, our six elementary schools, and we bring students over there. We talk to them. Uh, we talk about the marching band. We talk about the high school band and the, and the activities that they have at the high school. We talk to the parents at the, at the concerts. So we're out all the time trying to build that school community. 
And so that, I think that's very, very important. And, and um, uh, high school directors come over to the middle school and say, hey, you're all set now, come on over to the high school. Let's, let's get this thing going. And uh, it, it's been in that kind of a mode for many years. And you, know, you keep trying to tweak it, but it's working. And we're very proud of the fact that our community is supporting what we do by having their kids be in the band program. Yeah. Absolutely. I can even I, say from experience, my daughter went through the program and uh, I can remember specifically conversations about how excited she was to go to the high school band when she was in middle school. Um, I think that's universally felt in Rosemount uh, with your program. So you're that bridge, that conduit from the younger kids to the high school experience. Yep. And I think probably curriculum that you deliver during those middle school years also is preparing them for that inevitable future. Yes. Yeah, I love the fact that you said that you have to work with and communicate with all of the other teachers and directors that, you know, how many times do I hear a band director say, uh, like if they're a middle school band director, oh, I wish the high school director came and worked with my middle school students more often, or a high school director who said, man, I wish the middle school directors came to our concerts. Um, so you guys definitely have that figured out. Um, Leon, what about you? What sort of uh, specific example can you talk about, about building community at the high school level? Yeah, well, I say I'm probably the luckiest band director around because I work in a school and in a community that is so special. Um, and what I mean by that is I, it didn't start with me. It didn't start with, you know, what's happening in the last 18 or 19 years here. It started years ago. And just the tradition that um, was established in the band world in Rosemount and in the Rosemount Middle School and Elementary. And we're, we're a unique suburb. We're a suburb that has a small town feel. It has a little downtown. You know, you don't get that in other suburbs in the, in the metro. I'm also really fortunate that we have excellent elementary and middle school band directors and have a really terrific professional and personal relationship with them. Um, we get together and meet. Um, it might be for lunch or whatever, you know, just to, to gather and talk ideas. And, and it's not always just shop talk. It's, you know, everything. Um, just to get to know each other as people. Um, one thing we're really fortunate to do is to have a series of concerts in January, right before registration happened. And the middle schools, um, we have two middle schools that feed into us, and Rosemount Middle is one of those. Um, they come and they share a concert with the Wind Ensemble on the stage at Rosemont High School. And um, we used to do just one concert, but between the two middle schools, we had way too many kids on the stage. So we had to split it up into two and then it's rotating kind of a, of, of a timeline. But having- What a great problem to have. Oh, I what know. What a great right? problem, right? To have uh, those students on the stage, they're performing their concert literature, it's the eighth graders, and then the wind ensemble joins them for something. Um, and then the wind ensemble plays in the audience. And there's just that connection with the kids at both levels. Um, I think that's really special. We also do a, a really fun fourth grade demonstration concert that happens in March. Um, actually, it was in January. Both of these are in January. Um, it happens right when the students are starting to select their instruments. And so the wind ensemble performs a, a small five minute piece, usually fun, energetic, really, you know, hypey. Um, and then we demonstrate each instrument. 
it is such a fun concert. The Wind Ensemble Kids, you know, this is their highlight of the whole year, is this one hour concert that happens during the school year. So we're really fortunate that our elementary support that, that our middle schools support that, and that we can build on that tradition and we can build that musical opportunity for all. And then the kids can see their parents performing in the community band. Um, John started a community band here in Rosemount. And I would say there's a large percentage of the band members in the community band that are either former students or parents or teachers or community members that the kids see all over. And so for them to realize that, yep, you can be out of high school and still play your instrument is really important. And, it, and it's just the norm. It's not even that it's an odd or an awkward thing. It's just what the norm is. Well, Leon, right. you've been in the district for a long time. How, how long have you taught in Rosemont? So this will be my 19th year. And how have you seen the community change or what change have you brought to the community in that length of time? Rosemont High School itself was the smallest high school in the district at that point. You know, it, it was just the whole writing was on the wall that we would eventually grow. That's why they built Eastview, knowing that we had all this land on the east side of the district that people would build houses. And it took a little longer, I think, than what people thought because of the housing crash in, in 2006 and seven. Um, but I would say in the last five years, um, we have seen a tremendous growth in the school as its uh, population itself, just the numbers, but also in the BAM program. Um, and what's really interesting, and one of my favorite things of the year, we didn't get to do it this year, was the Rosemont Leprechaun Days Parade, which is always the last Saturday in July. And one of my favorite things to see in that parade is just all of the pre-K or so age kids that are lined up on the street. Um, and it's so, there's so many young families and they moved or they built homes in 196 because of the quality schools and the quality arts programs. And those kids are lining the parade route and their jaws are dropped and their eyes are really wide and they just love the band when they come down the street. And so I would say just the increase of numbers participation and the size of the community has really changed over that 19 years. And then we did, um, two parades. We did the Rose Parade in 2014 and the Macy's Parade in 2017. And those two events, I think, were huge recruiting tools for band. I think the kids had siblings and there was a lot of PR or they just knew that the band was going to do this and they watched the band on TV because everybody watched the band on TV. And that really assisted with the excitement of um, getting more kids involved in band. So I would just say, you know, just growth in general has been the biggest thing for us. Numbers of students. Yeah, John, how about you? How long have you taught in Rosemont? And what kind of- It'll be my 23rd year. Yeah. It's been wonderful. I've been, uh, I, I, I'm fortunate to be able to teach in a district that supports it the way it is and has the colleagues um, that I can teach with. It's. It, it's a it's a blessing. So I'm 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 humbled to be able to teach in in the Rosemont School District. That's for sure. So yeah, what's it what's it like? You know, the community band. How many years ago? It's about eleven now. Wow. Is that yeah. Time does fly. We sat down. Jerry and I sat down. I asked Jerry. I said I'd like to start a community band because as we're talking here, there are so many parents and former students that live in the community. I said 
why don't we do that? <laughs> it's I was saying, why don't you do that? Right, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, you kind of explain things like, here's how we do it, but don't do it that way. Do it if it works with you. And and I, I even asked some of my community band members, one of the things that they, they enjoy doing is, you know, they give unspoken music as a gift to the community. And people don't know how lucky they are to have that kind of music in the community because they can go to five or six performances by us or any other band, but then here's the community giving back and the, and the musicians say, you know, it's not just that, it's, it feels so good to do it, you know, and just to get together. The, Leanne was talking about the concert, uh, concerts that we were gonna have. We were gonna have the high school wind ensemble and the community band play. And we had Tim Mars etched in stone ready to go. The high school had, uh, Leanne, what's the tune that you had that you, you were excited to perform besides all of them? <laughs> we were gonna do um, Omar Thomas's of our, of our New Day Begun. And, uh, and, and we were very excited to do that. And four days before the concert, that was it. And it was just like a pall fell over the band. They were just going like, you know, not only were they, you know, upset about what's happening in the country, but just that they were all set and they were all prepped and, and ready to go. And um, it speaks to their involvement and wanting to give back to people something they love so much. And I think we all in music, that's one of the things that we strive for is to not just play the notes, but play the notes so they mean something to other people, make their lives better. Uh, another person said that we have, he said, I'm a staunch Republican and I know many of the people in the band are not, but we get together and we play our tempos together, we play our notes together and everything is just wonderful. And he said, that's one of the few times that people like can get together that have differing views about things or opinions, get together and play music and feel great as far as a group. As so, a college band director, I wanna thank both of you for preparing students so well at the elementary and middle school level, giving them inspired, opportunities to perform uh, regionally, in the state, nationally, internationally and sometimes, uh, providing them those kinds of experiences that just inspires them to want to make a lifelong career or at least avocation in music. And then they can come right back to their own community and join a community band. So life, you know, so it just adds life to, to your program. Um, I'm wondering if I could pick your guys' brain a little, like, what suggestions would you give to other directors who are looking to build their program, whether it's in terms of just like growing the number of students in their band, or maybe even more importantly, just building a dedicated core community within those ensembles? What would you tell someone who um, is maybe struggling a little bit right now and doesn't have the numbers? Um, I think a big part of um, anyone in a, in a school setting is just to make connections with other adults in the building. You know, I, when I was an undergrad, it, the, my music ed professor said, there's a couple of people that you got to, you know, really get in good with the head secretary or the principal secretary, because she runs the building, the custodians, because they clean the building and the counselors. And I think if you can work with counselors to make sure that um, a, a road for instrumental music for a student isn't a challenge to take. You know, I think too often um, we give up. We give up on the idea that you know, yes, you can take band in all four years. You know, it is possible. 
do you have to work some ways around it? You bet. And we have to do that in our district. So our building offers a zero, zero, zero hour phi ed class in the spring. And it allows for those students that, you know, want to get their performing art in the whole year, but maybe have one class that they can't, you know, they have to take. And typically is this phi ed. They take this phi ed class zero hour. There's like 65 band kids in it. But this allows the kids to open up a trimester course to get them into band. We work really hard with our administrators. Um, our administrators do come to the concerts. We encourage them. We have great dialogue with them about the benefits of instrumental music or vocal music or performing arts in general. Um, and we're really fortunate in 196 as well as uh, that we have what's called, and, and they're very big on this in the district, it's called the AAA philosophy, um, where arts, athletics, and academics all have value. And uh, so I think having that mindset, and we're fortunate that, you know, that's been a mindset for quite some time, and they're really even pushing it more now than ever, um, that that has really helped us. I think for new teachers, um, reaching out to some veteran teachers in the area, you know, teaching in central Minnesota or northern Minnesota or southern Minnesota, where, you know, you don't have the colleagues that are, you know, two blocks away. Um, you've got to reach out and you've got to make those connections because it, it can be a hard life. It can be a really trying time to build that program and not have the support from colleagues, you know, when you're trying to, to jump those hurdles. Tag teaming just on the end of what Leanne was saying, I think MBDA has a mentorship program uh, with Joni Sutton that she's been doing for years that is very important at you can get linked up with a teacher around the state and uh, just learn, learn more. I, I should do that because there's so much always to learn. You just can't stop learning. You just keep going and searching for other ways. Um, but as far as uh, when I was back in St. Francis, um, my major obstacle was there was a, a great band director that had been there for many years, uh, didn't want to do marching band, and I just came from the University of Minnesota, had a great experience at the University of Minnesota. So I said, okay, uh, I'll work with the marching band. And getting an aspect that wasn't there that got to be exciting for the kids to look forward to really helped the program all over the place with the jazz program and the concert band program. And so talking to parents, I think is always important whenever you get an opportunity at a concert to talk to parents, just as another parent, you know, you, you guess you don't have to have kids, but just as an adult, you can go through and say, you know, this, this is really important. And I've gone through this before and I've watched other people go through this process before and you have to trust me, I know what I'm doing. And luckily people will listen and, and follow through on the program. And it, and it seems to continue to be successful. And again, I just keep looking for ways of trying to make that the, the way it is. Um, I've picked up more ideas now over this kind of break that we've had as far as how to improve myself as a teacher and how to improve myself as far as getting kids involved, how to get them um, excited about playing an instrument they maybe haven't played very much in a long time, all those types of things. And I think if you sit back and just kind of expect things to happen the way you want them, things are gonna be a problem. You have to go over and make that happen. You have to say, this is the way it's gonna be and this is what you have to learn. And here's what you have to look forward to and parents see how it goes and it's gotta, you know, you gotta give it some time. But once it goes, 
um, I think that's really an important thing to do. You got to show excitement yourself and your dedication and, and people will pick up on that and they'll go like, you know, that guy really loves what he's doing. Well, and enthusiasm is contagious. It just is. Yeah. So if you're right. enthusiastic about what's going on and about what's happening, others are going to jump in. Yeah. You know, and I know a lot of people are really concerned about this period of COVID right now about maintaining their program and holding on to numbers and starting new kids uh, in the program and retaining students. Uh, and I know that you've been, you know, you're expert at this and been thinking about it. Uh, any advice to teachers out there during this time of COVID? Uh, any special measures that you're taking to restore or hang on to that community, John? I think the first thing I'm going to do with all my students is get to know them and say, how are you? You know, and just get, not even talk about necessarily school. How's school going today, depending on when I have them? And just kind of get to know them and they can get to know me and kind of develop a relationship like that. Because I know the, the seventh and eighth graders, I'll know them. You know, and they're, they're looking forward to it. And I am too. I can't wait to get them. But I just want to find out where they're at now too. And so that's going to be the first step. And then I'm going to, I'm, I'm not going to push really hard right away. I'm going to give them some musical things to think about, to talk about, to listen to. Um, I certainly want them practicing their instruments again if they haven't been. But I really want to get to know them and become a mentor to them. There's so much conversation about social emotional learning right now. And I think we specialize in that, don't we? I mean, yeah. that, that's, where we that's where we thrive, is social emotional. And that's well, the band, room, the band room is a home for so many kids and so many teachers. You know, we, we get our students for, you know, in the middle school, three years, in the high school, four years, and the kids feel comfortable. You know, we have that relationship with kids that they just have that sense of, peace and calm when they walk in the door. And I'm, you know, I felt that in high school and, and I'm sure everybody here had, um, but I think that connection, and that's the safe place. The kids know what they're gonna get for the most part. They know what to expect, you know, and if we can keep them calm and we can keep a positive light on this, I think they're gonna be much better off as we move. Well, forward. Leon, in your own words, they, they saw it coming down the street you know, in, in, yeah. at leprechaun days, they saw it. They, they yeah. see the results of the work and yeah. then the work is worth it. And when it's a safe environment, like you just described, uh, good things come about. Yeah, I think the kids, there's so much pride in what they do, you know, when they get to that level. Um, and it's a lot of work, you know, to get to that point. It's a lot of blood, sweat and tears. And I'll tell you what, it hasn't always been easy. And um, I felt like, when I first came here and I was working with Steve Olson and we had a great working relationship. And then John Tyson came in, he's now band director in California. We felt like we were cheerleaders. Like we had to be the rah, 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 you know, to get the kids motivated. Um, but that's not the case. The kids motivate themselves or they motivate each other now. And it's not even us like having to, you know, be the, be the cheerleader there. And, you know, and cause, they want to be great and they want to have a good experience and, and they want to do things well, and they want to have the team approach and the community, all these things that we've talked about so far. Yeah. You've really turned over time an extrinsic motivation into an intrinsic motivation. Yeah. And once you, once, once a program crosses that threshold, man, it really changes the, the community. 
Yeah, and this can this can happen in smaller communities. Oh, I had yeah. a wonderful conversation with Claire Larson on Kenyon Wanamingo, and it was the same conversation. And I also witnessed it. Students were helping students. So okay. she's turned her culture, even though it's a much smaller program, into the same, it's, it's the same ingredients, yeah. which is really beautiful to watch. Yeah, when, when I was at St. Francis, I would take the first marching bands that we ever had. We'd go to Valley Fair when that was a thing to do. We did go to the state fair. We would do those kinds of things. And all of a sudden the kids would get excited about it. Oh, here's some opportunities that I can have by being in this group of, with this group of people. And it's pretty fun. It's okay. You know, yeah, it's a little work, but boy, the, the payoff's pretty good. And so um, the more you can do that, we were one of the first bands to do prep bowl. And so when they did that and they were on TV and they thought that was like, wow, this is really cool. And pretty soon, Again, you get to that point in, in your recruiting or your maintaining of, of your relationship and motivating students, it just starts to happen and you have to keep you know working it, but it's uh, kind of grab them and they go, yeah, this is something I really want to do. I just want to add one thing about, you know, the COVID. I think my mindset changed when I thought about what can we do? Let's not focus on the cans right now. Let's focus on what we can do. And I think when people start thinking about that and going, yep, we could do chamber music. We can do, you know, Zoom lessons. We can make those connections with kids. Think of music in a different way. Think about what connections with music. Think about listening. Think about evaluation. Think about theory or, or composition or um, all those different things that we just never have time to do, we get to do now. And I think that's really exciting about what, what we're going to be able to do here come September 14th in our district. Um, are we going to miss playing in, in rehearsal, big full band? Oh, you bet. You bet. But we can't do that right now. So we are going to do this, this and this and this. Um, the right. most dangerous thing you could ever say is we've always done it that way. Like we all know there's a million ways to make and share music maybe we've been too focused on only one way, which is the large ensemble, which we love, which is awesome. I can't wait to get back to it. But in the meantime, there's plenty of other things that we can do. John, what you were saying about like really just getting to know the kids, like meeting them where they're at and getting to know who they are as, as people and not just, oh, you play the clarinet. Like your kids are so much more than that. That's why you guys are so successful with the, the band program that you have, because I guarantee you don't teach the same way today as you did 40 years ago, right? Exactly. And just, you know, what Leon said, thank you for, for, for saying that, Brad. Um, I push myself outside of my comfort zone so much over my career, and knowing that it's not going to be easy, but all of a sudden I become what I think is better for the students, a better communicator, a better musician, a better conductor, whatever it is, that the more I push myself outside of my comfort zones, and, you know, everybody likes to be in them, but if you want to keep, you know, building your program and, and being successful and, and feeling good about what you do, do get outside that comfort zone and create. Great advice. Thank you, John. Thank you, Leon, for this really healthy conversation around community and uh, good teaching. So thanks for having it's, me. It's great Thank to you. see you both. So we end every episode in saying this has been another episode in, and the other person says band in Minnesota. 
or this has been an ep another episode of maybe you should yeah use well see you jerry this is funny we've never actually addressed this like overtly but you, when you say it you always say this has been another episode in which makes sense it's another episode but, in, but in a in. series but yeah. i always say of. of and it's so funny so if you ever listen to like the old episodes if you toss it to someone they say in if i do i always say of so what I think we should do is we should let our two guests do it. One of them will say, this is another episode, and we'll see which one they choose, if they choose in or of, and then um, the other one can answer. So, okay. So this has been another episode of? Yes. Band in Minnesota. We got it. Wow, that was teamwork. <laughs>